in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey, folks, again, welcome to That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Archie Mason. I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today for this uh, episode. Uh, You can check us out at agrihealth.net, find out some resources about it. We do have the show notes that will be available uh, for our episode today. We are continuing from last week with our conversation with Mr. Kenny. He has a background in agriculture, and last week we shared how God has used his experience and his knowledge in ministry. Now, he has shifted careers and is a, a marriage counselor now with Marriage and Family Institute in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a certified EFT therapist, a supervisor, and a trainer, and he's going to tell us all about that today uh, in this episode. So, Mr. Kenny, I know some folks have been waiting. We're going to get some marriage tune-up. We're going to get some <laughs> marriage therapy today. We all need it, and uh, so thank you for joining us. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's just jump right in. What what made you decide to become a marriage therapist? Well, 25 years ago, I guess uh, I had an opportunity. I, I guess I, I had an opportunity to go back to school and uh, came up for me, uh, meaning getting my uh, grad degree. And uh, I really thought I would probably maybe kind of get a little, uh, get, get my feet wet in the counseling world, maybe just to work it kind of in a pastoral kind of way. But I got in a program, um, actually, Trebekah Nazarene University here in Nashville, uh, and, and just absolutely loved it. And so just went all the way through, I graduated, uh, got licensed and um, all that. So um, I don't know. It almost feels somewhat. Sometimes I feel like things in life kind of find us instead of I find, <laughs> us finding it, and you know, it kind of found me. And yes. uh, very good point. Very good point. That now, hey, Joe, I did mention this early, and I apologize, but there may be an old cowboy out there or a cowgirl on this. And I don't know about this marriage therapist stuff, but let me just remind you, Mr. Kenny, he's he's no rodeo guy uh, too, and uh, so he uh, he's in your circle and. Uh, knows your language and has, has been through that. So, okay. Now, you know, I can read in the notes that this is emotion focused therapy, but I'm just going to okay. tell you, I'm not hundred percent sure exactly what that is. Yeah, and yeah. So what is that? And why is that, why is that so important to you? Well, I would say um, the first thing is just like in farming, right? We um, we've, we've got what God gave us, you know, the resources. And then we've, uh, over time, there's science that informs us and in how to do those things better. So um, I was, when I started first working with couples, I found myself very lost, to be honest with you. I was intrigued by it. I, I loved every minute, but I didn't, I felt like something was missing. So I just uh, kind of began to look around and study different things. And I, I found this, it's called EFT. Um 
emotionally focused therapy. Uh, and that even the name of that doesn't sound very, <laughs> for those who grew up, <laughs> grew up where we had to like, forget about how hot it was, you know, and, uh, and, uh, or how cold it was or how bad that, that hurt my finger when the gate slammed on it, when the cow came through. Um, so we don't, you know, the word emotion is, is not very attractive, but, um, it, but as I studied what I come to realize that it's really a process. It's, it's not like just finding a feeling word, um, to kind of help people in that regard. He might be turned off by the name. Um, it's a process. Emotion is a process. It's a series of things that happens within us, what we tell ourselves, how we interpret what's going on around us, uh, that leads to a felt sense, a bodily bodily felt sense of something that we find a word for, which then we can communicate to other. Uh, and so we can't really, we can't tame what we can't name. So mm. being able to find uh, a new language um, is important you know, a new way uh, to turn to each other and not from the stuck ways that we get all caught in. And I get stuck now. I mean, just because I've, you know, I've studied this, I've written books, on it doesn't mean that I can't blow it. I, I can, I can, and sometimes, sometimes, uh, Archie, I can, I know when I, something's coming out of my mouth, I know exactly how it's going to land with my wife, Suzette, and I love her dearly, but it just comes out. And so then what do we got to do? Well, we have to, we've had to learn over time, over years, how to repair it. Okay. And if we can repair it, we come out knowing that we, we hey, this, we're actually coming out of this better. Okay. And also next time something happens, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it happens. We get stuck in our little pattern here. We have confidence that we can get out of it because we've done it in the past. Okay, quick question. I know I know I interrupted you. I do apologize. So I want to, we're going to talk more about building and repairing marriages, how this type of therapy can do that. But but you made a statement. You said if you if you can't name it, you can't tame it. Right. Okay. So and you're talking about an emotion or or something in there. Can you explain that in more depth? Yeah. So I mean, we all feel. We all experience things. But by the way, when we're talking about relationships, it's interesting, isn't it? Think about it. We feel the deepest uh, things, positive emotions, uh, uh, things that move us, maybe toward others or away from people, like nothing else. I mean, relationships are so, so critical to how God made us. Uh, He's relational. We're relational. And so just the being able to um, to really turn to each other in ways where we we can feel heard, accepted, responded to and emotionally engaged um, and have those kind of conversations that come from the deeper places where we come out of it better. And actually, it's that's what we would call a bond now. We know science tells us that's a bond. So every time we have one of those conversations, we call them ARE conversations, accessible, responsive, emotionally engaged with your the one you love the most. Then it's kind of like, I don't know, I kind of vision like, like putting a layer of varnish on top of a table. And every time we have one of those conversations, that's love, actually. And, and it builds over time, and that's a bond. And then that supports us when... 
if not when things, if things are going to go bad, but when things go bad, because things are going to go bad. And so then that can sustain us. It, it's interesting. Another, I'll give you some, some, another little thing here. It takes 80% more glucose for our brain to calm ourselves down. Okay. If we're worried about a crop in the field or hay, haze on the ground and we, it, it may rain. Okay. So to have that, that's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's a life threatening, feels like a life threatening thing. When we, we can, uh, it takes 80% more glucose for us to calm ourselves down, to talk ourselves out of it. Hey, okay, look, the weatherman says, it, you know, <laughs> chances aren't high, it's coming this way. And hey, you've been here before and whatever, whatever. But it takes it takes 80% less glucose if we're connected to someone, if we mm-hmm. can turn to the one we love most in life and let them in on where we are with that so that we're facing that dragon together. That's really that's really the difference here. Our nervous systems were not made to live by themselves. Mm. We they were made to be together. And then when they're not panic, panic, we feel levels of fear. Uh, when our bond, our relationship with the other is threatened, it's, it, it gets this reaction. I mean, why do it's, it's not, that's why when I'm sitting with couples who are really. <laughs> Screaming at each other in decibels that, you know, sometimes my, I actually, my ears ring afterward. You know, what are they doing? They are protesting the fact that they're not connected mm-hmm. and they're protesting at, there is a guttural, uh, deep, comes from a deep place. In fact, we even know where it is in the brain where this alarm goes off that says, we're not connected. We're not connected. You don't hear me. You don't understand me. If I could just get my point across to you, right? And then, but the more one person typically gets escalated, okay, and gets us uh, say, um, really begins to push and like, let's solve this. Let's talk about it now. Surely this can't be a, that big a deal. Come on, where are you going? And the other person, when that emotion gets really high, they want to slow, shut down. They I actually, actually less likely even to find words in those moments. And they'll mm-hmm. move away. And then the more they move away, then the more they're convinced that the, the their spouse is convinced that they're, they don't care and they don't matter to them. And mm-hmm. so then they take it up a notch. <laughs> and then the other, the other person who kind of just like, bail water here to keep these negative emotions from sinking the ship because just bailing faster than they can trying to calm things down and waiting for this to pass over and um, that's typically the cycle that are a derivative of that that every person in a intimate relationship encounters at some degree there's variations to it wow. but that is that all comes from the, the center of our being it says it ain't good to be alone and it's not good. I don't operate at full capacity unless we're together. Wow. You know, uh, I was sitting here thinking, that is deep. That is deep. But you put it in such a way, though, I can understand that. And that statement you made early on as you kind of walked through that, you said our, and you said it again just then, but our nervous systems were not created basically be by themselves. Or, right. That, that's a wild, that's a wild idea. To me, I get it. I, I agree with it. I've just never thought yeah. about it like that. Okay, so uh, you took us down into that, <laughs> you know, and I, it made me think about situations that I've probably been in myself, just visiting yeah. with maybe another family or whatever. And I thought, whoa, he's exactly right. But let's talk about building and repairing. Okay, so how can a, this 
EFT, how can it help build and repair? You gave us some hints of that, just in what you were, you know, telling us, but kind yeah. of walk us through some scenarios. I would, I would say there's enemies of intimacy, okay? Uh, one of them is not bringing stuff up. If it bothers you and it lingers, address it. And we don't want to do that. And I, I can do that myself. I, I can I can smooth things over and things are going to pass. But then that that tends to to build over time. Um, and so that I think that's that's a our work. We get kind of we get stuck and we we try to try to reach for each other. And the closer we, you know, seems like the, the more we try to reach to get closer, the more we end up feeling apart, which is demoralizing mm. because we're stuck in this pattern that I was just describing. Um, so, you know, there's like marital growth is like, uh, you know, how do we come, how do we get better? A lot of our programs are around how do we get better as a couple, how to build these skills and stuff. And that works, that works if you're, if you've got a, you know, if you're not stuck, uh, in a in a real serious kind of way, but if you've been stuck in a this negative pattern for a long time, it's just really hard to shake that off. You could, you know, for example, you say we give people advice like, well, what you need to do is go have a, you know, you need to have a date night, right? We always said, you know, go spend time out. You know, you're act, asking a couple who's really stuck and doing all they can do in a relationship to go out and what sit across the table in a restaurant and realize that only two that not having a conversation, you know, are they, they go and we're asking them to fight in public. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a difference between growth and being really stuck, you know? And uh, so when we get stuck, we need help, you know, can I give you an analogy? Yes, can sir. It just comes up for me. So I had a truck like the 94 Chevrolet. And truck, and and it was no longer roadworthy. I just had it here on the farm. I turned the key at night. Every check engine light would come on, and it would tell me I could read a book. You know, uh, and so what I could do, I could keep driving that truck, and I could put tape over the over the lights, right, the check engine lights, and then it, and if that didn't work, if it starts, it's going to start making noise. I could turn the radio up. And then I could, if that, I could just keep driving until I start smelling oil burning. I mean, I guess I could roll the window down, right? But I mean, those signals are telling us something didn't right under the hood. And we need to be attuned to those things and listen to those things because it's it's the way we're wired and it's what God is prompting us. Like, I made you this way and this isn't right. So we get out, we go out, we open the hood. Well, in my day, the hoods were heavy. In fact, I got a Dodge Ram out here. It's got a heavy hood. Because <laughs> when the thing the the thing that held it up, with the spring went out, yeah. I used a piece of firewood to keep it from falling on me. But we need someone to hold the hold the hood up for us while we look under that hood, because it was made too heavy for us. For one, it's not a one man job. Hmm. So whenever we can turn. You know, whenever someone can hold that hood for up for us and help us find what's going on underneath, uh, we can we can come out in a better place. And of course, God plays a big part in a piece in that too. I mean, He can hold that hood up in ways that we can't. People in our suits can't. Uh, and to explore and find out what it is, because those signals are really invitations for intimacy. 
They're invitations for intimacy. And if we don't listen to them, they become enemies of intimacy. Oh, wow. Now that's good. That's really good. Well, let me ask you this then. Why do you think couples sometimes put off getting help until their marriages are in a crisis? Um, You know, why is that? And and it may be because it's kind of, and it's probably a second part of that question is, and James Barham is kind of, uh, uses this term, you know, sometimes our marriage just needs a tune up uh, yeah. in it. But uh, so that's kind of a second part of that. But why, you know, uh, why do folks just put that off to this? This gets in a crisis. Is that just normal? In life? Well, it's normal for people to put it off, I guess, because they say most couples wait seven years before they come in for help mm. after they're, you know, after they're in crisis, actually, you know, or get bills to a place. And so, uh, again, they're not listening. They're not. They're not listening to the signals. They're not listening to those check engine lights that come on that says something's right. So they wait. I, I think a lot of it is is that so busy. Everybody's so busy. They we there's so many ways we can just and there's so many distractions now. Unbelievable amount of distractions that we can turn to. And so then what happens is just sort of get you get in a rut where you're living independent lives. Um, you, you can logistically you can talk and you can make, you know, decide where the kid who's going to pick the kids up from school and these kind of decisions. And logistically, you can communicate. But there there's very little. Heartfelt communication between um, the two. Mm. And so some people and this, I think, sometimes is even actually encouraged in some circles. This is the mountain. We climb the mountain. This is the best the view gets. So we're just going to live with it. Mm-hmm. And they think that, hey, this this is what this is what happens when you've been married after you've been married 10 years with kids or this is just the way it is and that kind of thing. So they settle. But then it but it doesn't get away because the light check, check engine lights don't go off. Right. And mm-hmm. so um, then it can lead to you know, lead to catastrophic endings a lot of times. And yes, sir. So what what wisdom or hope? I do want to talk about the book you co-authored here in just a moment, but what wisdom or hope do you give to our listeners whose marriages uh may be struggling? What what advice would you give? Well, life is about uh order, disorder, and reorder. Think about it. Science, agriculture, life, politics, <laughs> everything in life and relationships are no different. There are seasons where we're, there is order and then there are seasons of disorder and then there's reorder. But we have to, we, we, if we begin to see it that way and realize that that's, that's just the reality of living in this world um, and give us ourselves some grace uh, and to turn in enough courage and, and and listen to your heart, you know, the love that you have for each other and just say, we really need some help here. We really don't have to do life alone parallel. We weren't created to live that way. Our bodies don't function as well. Nothing around us functions that well. It, our, fam- our families are impacted by it too. Um, and so... Um, just having finding the courage, the faith, the trust, or whatever to to reach out and you know find someone who's skilled and trained in how to help people get unstuck in these ways. Um, just give yourself permission to 
fight for your relationship in a very different way other than fighting each other. You know, fight for it by going out and stepping outside of maybe your comfort zone. And I think people are afraid they're going to get bad news. Like some counselor's going to say, hey, y'all shouldn't be together. I hear that all the time. I don't, I've never told anybody that in my life. I would leave a counselor's office if they told me that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's uh, coming there for someone to tell me what I should be doing or not doing. I want someone to lean in and with relentless empathy, mm. sit with me, understand what I'm doing and realize that there's a good reason why why you're stuck. And I want to help you. And we are we are we have science now that really has given us some tools and we have some understanding now that can really do it. And so why the EFT model, 70 percent of couples come at research now uh, comes out of it um, fit, you know, healed, uh, never been this good. Ninety percent come out of it improved. So That's pretty we, high we, statistic. We have the research behind that, but it takes, you know, it takes. It all has to do with the couple and their ability to and desire to really fight and work for it. There's a resource. You co-authored a book called Creative for Connection. So is this resource uh, for people in the counseling and therapy world or can can it help any couple? It was written for couples. It wasn't written for a therapist. Um, this is a book for for maybe there's uh, there's sectors of our society who don't um, don't trust counseling. Okay, yeah. Well, this is a way to sort of step into that. Maybe they would read this book. That was our intent, or didn't have the finances to do it, or live in remote areas where there's no. I mean, there's no availability for help. You know, I mean, legitimately, um, or good help. So yeah, this is for this is a book that a couple can read and and walk through. And it'll help them identify these things that I was already mentioning to you. Like, where do we get stuck? Explain why. What do I do when I get upset and feel like you're not listening to me? And then what do you do? And tracking that. And it just carries them through chapter by chapter by chapter to leads them to um, where they can have learn to have some conversations from a very deeper level. So where can a person find this uh, resource at? Uh it's on um, Amazon Books. Yeah, hey, I just when I I just googled that while I was talking to you, I <laughs> asked a question that pops up uh, yeah. with uh, you and Dr. Sue Johnson. Yes, after that, okay, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say that uh, there was a book that was written called Hold Me Tight. Yeah, and so I worked with Sue with uh, Sue, um, incredible, most brilliant lady, number one, I think. And most would agree, number one therapist in the world, number one researcher in the world. Um, and she came up with this model. And um, so I really encur- encouraged her to, for us to write, rewrite Homie Type for mm-hmm. the Christian population. So what it does, it, it that the new book that we wrote, or for those who see God as an attachment figure or that... Uh, appreciate and understand the bond and the importance of having that bond with God. And um, so that's what, that's really what's different. And uh, okay. Yeah. I can, uh, I can see as I, I pulled up Amazon, looking at it there, it's also available on audio, uh, audible audio book. So if you're like me, if you drive somewhat, or a lot of times you're out on a tractor bailing, Hey, I can listen, just 
keep one ear pot in and listen and listen for the Baylor to blow up at the same time. But yeah. you can do that. Uh, you can get a hard copy and basically one of the title credit for connects and the hold me tight guide for Christian couples. So yep. uh, sounds good. Tell us, sounds like a great resource. And so folks can, uh, yeah, you get that. Uh, awesome. The U.S. The US Army, um, uh, the chaplain corps is all trained in that, in that they're trained in other things too. Yeah. But it's a big part of their training now and is, and, and they use that work um, with all their, a lot of their. Yes, couples. sir. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, I don't know if it's on this episode or the previous one that you do some work with military couples, correct? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I trained, cha- tra- uh, I've trained chaplains. Yeah, in the U.S. Army in in this model, and also in how to facilitate these training, the create for connection, how to use that for a small group curriculum or a weekend marital retreat kind of format. Okay. Hey, if someone wants to reach out to you, Mister Kenny, do you have a website or an email address that they could maybe give you a shout? Yeah, you could go. You could go to MFI, which is Marriage Family Institute, uh, and find me or EF. Uh, EFT uh, Tennessee, uh, just those uh, you'll you'll get me. Take okay. Big, name it, and and they'll have a contact person and uh, a lady, young person. Yes, works. sir. She can be more than glad to pass that course correspondence on to me. So. Yes, sir. Well, hey, Mr. Kenny, thank you so much for your time. I mean, you spent an incredible amount of time, a lot of great advice, advice input. That you've given us these two sessions. I can't thank you enough for joining us. Well, it's been my honor. I appreciate the opportunity to do it. I believe in what you're doing here. So keep going. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much. Well, folks, uh, making your marriage a strong, safe place uh, can be difficult, but it's always, always worth it. Uh, today, Mr. Kenny shared about emotion-focused therapy, how this is scientifically proven therapy. It's a model that can help you connect very deeply with your spouse. You can find uh, created for Connection, the book that uh, he is a co-author, Dr. Sue. It's at the website, marriagefamilyinstitute.org online. As we mentioned, you can check it out there at Amazon. I know there's other bookstores, other places also uh, that you can find that. Check out our show notes for links and more information. If you like our podcast, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, our plan is to be back next week with another episode. Until then, we encourage you keep farming and uh, keep the faith. We'll see you later. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. Keep the faith.